0: Uh, testing testing one two three testing testing three two four testing
1: testing I, I feel like it should be seven eight nine mm. but
0: that's fine yeah just start doing the Fibonacci number sequence and just three point
2: one. One. one four that's,
0: that's five. Five. <laughs> hello everybody and welcome to the cinema catch-up club the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now i'm your host stephen platt thank you very much for downloading this week's episode and this week it's our third and final trip to indiana jones town that's right we're completing the trilogy of films we are watching indiana jones and the last crusade and joining me as always we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not our guest who has not seen the film and completing the trilogy for the first time in her life it is kato sullivan i'm back and
1: i mean you know you're on this ride with me it's great we both haven't seen it now we both get to see it that's
0: true yes right. N- neither of us had watched this trilogy before uh kate how are you feeling heading into the third film
1: Um, I'm really hoping it's less racist than the last film. Uh, But also, I I mean, I'm kind of glad I I will have now seen all three Mm. and playing Spot, the pop culture reference that I know from something else, but pops up in these films. Mm. has been fun.
0: What do you know specifically about The Last Crusade? Is there anything that you've known about General Indiana Jones that we haven't hit yet that you're thinking, oh, this must be Uh, coming up?
1: This must be the one about the Holy Grail. Mm -hmm. This must be the one with Sean Connery in it. Um, there's the, the, you have chosen wisely, you have chosen poorly Mm. bit, which I haven't seen yet. And I feel there's a gut memory from my childhood of tanks. I haven't watched this film, but I feel like my brothers who are much older than I am were watching this film Mm. and I just remember tanks, but I don't know what that memory is. Mm. if uh, If that
0: makes sense. All right. Well, joining us, luckily, we have someone who has seen the film. It is David Cox. Hello. What up? Uh, What up, indeed. Uh, I'm very up, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. Uh, What up with you, David? I
2: I recently celebrated my one-year wedding anniversary.
0: That's right. Congratulations. Thank
2: you. It's been one year since all the lockdown stuff started happening because Mm. I got married just before it was like, no, no, no gatherings. None at all. Mm. Not like... Oh, it's down to five hundred. It's down to one hundred. It's down to like fifty. It was like okay. At this point, stop yeah. seeing anyone. Yeah.
0: If you see I, someone, you're dead. Like, yeah. I, all... I
2: got in. I got in five hours before that happened, yeah. and so, wow. It's been twelve whole months. Everyone, mm. look at how far we've come.
0: Yes. Uh, Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade.
2: Yes. Um, I love that. Uh. The Crystal Kingdom doesn't exist. It's Crystal, Crystal Skull. Skull. Yeah. Crystal Skull doesn't exist the, yeah, in... Yeah, Kingdom
0: of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Oh, whatever. <laughs> look, it's,
2: it's not a real movie, and we're not going to... We're apparently... We're just deciding that it's not part of the quadrilogy. It's well, part
1: of the original trilogy. Yeah.
0: Well, look, when, when we asked our, our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash Podcast for the trilogies that we should look at this year, um, they were very specific about saying which three Indiana Jones films, and they said the first three. They were very specific... Not Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, so it's fine. It's trash. So we, we, yeah, we're just honouring we're honouring what they're saying. Good. Um, so with this being the last Indiana Jones film, uh, what what can you tell us about the Last Crusade?
2: The last the last ever Indiana Jones film. Um, you know, it's it's one of those films that I haven't seen in a long time. Um, it's it's one of those like it's a, a film series, much like Back to the Future, that I watched a lot as a child. I feel, um, back to the future more so. Um, and so there's, there's lots of like childhood nostalgia with it. It's like, yeah, this is, this, this is a thing that I really liked as a kid and have not formed a critical adult opinion about, <laughs> mm. which is going to be such a fun experience now. Yes. <laughs> um, quick, quick side note about racism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a sentence. Yep. Uh, okay, so the Indiana Jones franchise didn't just stop with this. It's had many, many video games. Mm-hmm. And I recently started Twitch streaming, and I decided to, like, dig out all my old games. I don't really play many new ones. And I found Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb from 2003. So oh, That
1: doesn't sound like it's going to end well. Oh, boy.
2: Oh, boy. Okay, so uh, it's... It's not set in China. Good, but (laughs) it's set in it's set in many places. For some reason, you start in like the Amazon, I think, and then the you go. The next place is Germany. At one point, you're in Turkey. At some point, you're in China. You go all across the world. But there's like three pieces or something, or multiple pieces of the heart of the dragon, which is an ancient Chinese relic, and it's mystical and powerful and the and we get introduced to this mm. by two incredibly yellow colored um chinese characters who i mean it's 2003 so already like the the visual representation of human faces is really messed up mm. but also it's like oh Did you have to make the Chinese characters look like this, right? (laughs) Sort of thing, in two thousand and three, which is, I mean, it's still a while ago, but it's it's not, it's not the eighties. I I was (laughs) in high school, like yeah, that's. mm, mm, mm.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, so I only played the first level. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do to the Germans. (laughs) That'll Look, be fun. <laughs> I
1: mean, they were relatively nice to the Germans in the first one. So hopefully... I mean, there's, there's, there is only so far downhill we can go after the last one. Um, yeah, I think Kate and Stephen and I trashed that film pretty hard. Mm. We said it was very pretty. But it was, uh, that was yeah, about it.
0: Yeah, there, there certainly were... Some redeeming features, uh, and and just having a quick look at some of the uh, visuals for uh, Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb, um, yeah, I, 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 it's it's not hideous, but it's 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 certainly not good. And uh, yeah, I could see certain, um, I, I could certainly see why well, you might look at it and go, "Why did you make this awful decision?" <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, we're not here to review a video game, though. Although yeah. I'm very excited to hear you're on Twitch. Oh, uh, what's, you. what's your handle on Twitch? Uh, one David of many. One David. Of, is that not all words, numbers? That's like, all words. All words. Because
2: you know, you try coming up with a good, good SEO for David. Mm. One of the most common names of the past. 2,000
0: years. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, One David of many on Twitch. Give him a look there. Look at him play racist video games. And and have a great That's your niche now. Oh, no. Oh, that's that's not my brand. Yeah. Uh, So with all that being said, though, shall we watch Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade?
2: Yes. Let's
1: do it. Let's complete this trilogy.
0: Okay. For those of you who are listening at home, pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare to choose wisely, as we watch Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. I'm joined once again by David Cox. Yes, you are. And Kate O'Sullivan.
1: We did it. We watched the trilogy. We did.
0: And uh, how are you feeling at the end of the trilogy?
1: So much better than I was at the end of the last movie. Okay. So <laughs> like,
0: so, so you, you, yeah. you, you, you liked Last Crusade more than Temple of oh, Doom? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, what are your thoughts in the immediate afterglow—the the sunset that they're all riding off to with with their horses? How how are you feeling?
1: I feel like this one felt way more like the first one than the second one did. Like I I'm, I'm leaving being like, yes, this was a good film. I would maybe not watch it again tomorrow, but I would happily watch this one again. Mm. It had a lot less giant problems.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the problems were more nuanced. Uh, mm. I kind of appreciated that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's it's fun, and um, from from a first time perspective, myself as well, it absolutely feels much more like Raiders, mm. and um, that for me is a good thing because I, like you, preferred yeah. Raiders to to Temple of Doom. Um, it's it's just a lot of fun, isn't it, David? It's a romp. It's fun. That is a good descriptor of it. It mm. is fun. Because you saw this when you were a, a much younger man.
2: Yes. Um, there is a lot of killing. <laughs> it. it is a lot of killing for a series that's like, yeah, children, everyone watches this as children. Mm. Interesting. Though, I mean, like, you know, there's, I mean, there's lots of killing in Marvel movies, but they kind of tend to be like, haha, it's colourful and mm. there's no blood. In this one, it's like, Sometimes it's colourful, and sometimes the Nazi is bleeding from his teeth as he (laughs) hurls off a cliff Mm. and explodes, and the little doll is part of the miniature of the tank, and he gets, like, smushed by the top of it, and you're like,
0: isn't this fun? (laughs) Mm. There there did seem to be a lot more violence, specifically death-based violence Mm. in, in this one, and... I, I, obviously, the reflection we were had, having on Temple of Doom was, we know that Lucas and Spielberg were attempting to make something darker than the first one. It feels like they went, okay, we went, we, we we went a bit too far. Let's pull back, but not all the way back to Raiders.
1: Yeah, this this felt like a grittier Raiders, hmm. rather than feeling like uh, we're in a different franchise Ooh. from Raiders. Yeah,
0: although this one did have. More of a slapstick feel to it yeah. From my perspective it, Yeah It really does
2: There's lots of bits Where they just kind of Bumble along Into accidentally saving themselves mm. um, Yeah But also Just So much murder We're just talking <laughs> about like, like Indy just is like I don't need a lawyer There's no witnesses I killed them all Like he just <laughs> walks off And <laughs> His father is so Religious as to slap him for saying, Jesus Christ. Mm. it's just t- Don't take the Lord's name in vain. But eventually, like, after he sees his son kill about 20 people, he's like, oh, yeah, if this is what the young people are doing, <laughs> I'll get into that. And, he, and then he kills one guy in a plane. And he's like, oh, ho, 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 I have a taste for blood. Mm. And then... <laughs> And then just kills ten Nazis in one explosion. It's yeah. just like, oh, I did it! I did it, son! Mm. Did you
1: see what I did? Did you? <laughs> yeah. Did you?
0: Yeah. Are you
2: winning, son? So am I. Mm. <laughs> the,
0: it is interesting that you bring up the father as well, because I think that is the key difference for this film from the others. Is Indiana has um, ha, has an authority figure to an extent. You know, in the in, in Raiders, he's very much you know large and in charge. In Temple of Doom, he's got Short Round, but even though Short Round is like... Short
1: Round is the adult in that.
0: Yeah, it is the but, adult but, in that. but even though yeah. Short Round is the adult in that film, it's still like, yeah, you know, he looks up to Indy, whereas yeah. obviously in this, uh, Indiana has his father played by Sean Connery.
1: He's just chewing the scenery. Like, mm. it's so good. Um, mm. No, but I, I mean, part of me thinks that the, the murder and killing is almost more justified in this film than it felt like it was... In previous films, because you've got like, you took my dad. Mm. Right. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fix this problem. And mm. then it's like, you're hurting my son. Okay, punch a Nazi. Mm. Like, yeah. I can kind of feel, I don't feel as bad. Okay. I don't know why I don't feel as bad, but I could. I was like, oh, I can legitimize why. Because pretty much every time there's merder, it's trying to get dad back, trying to help son out. It's mm. not like... I just feel like doing this for the heck of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's also partly because it felt more slapstick than any of the others, mm. that the murders didn't feel like murders. Yeah. In the sense of, I wasn't going, oh no, the loss of a human life. I was going, he felt funny. Like, yeah, that kind <laughs> of thing. Or
1: like, oh look, now he's dressed up like a Nazi. Like... Yeah.
0: It, it did feel very much like this, of, of the three films, I feel like this film is maybe the one that most captures that thing that Lucas and spielberg were after uh with the initial film which was that daring do 1920s cinematic adventure you know uh, errol flynn with the sword you know just kind of like fighting and stuff and we don't worry about the consequences because it's escapism and i think it achieves the escapism better than any of the other films raiders i think it does raiders does pretty well i think this is actually maybe more escapist because they're just like oh these guys like chases Let's just put in six chase scenes.
1: Ra- Raiders felt very like we are going along with the plot now. Where yeah. this felt very like the plot's happening and stuff's happening. There was no, and now we're at the next plot point. Ding. Yeah,
0: yeah it's it was it was fun though. Um, but yeah, the, I mean the re- the relationship between Indiana and his father doesn't really get resolved aside from the fact that they. Save each other's life at the end. Um, you get the sense that maybe they're going to possibly be a bit closer now, after the events of this film. But I don't think we ever really see that, and that's a shame because because Henry Jones Senior is a, is a really not good father. Nope. That's uh,
1: called neglect. Yeah. That's cold neglect. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I'm just I want the boy to be self-independent, self-reliant even. <laughs>
1: still cold neglect. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, like they do kind of like resolve a, a central issue of the relationship is like he spent 20, 30 years being obsessed with the grail and therefore ignoring his own son. Mm. And then it's like Indy has the chance to like I can get the grail, it's the thing that you care about the most, dad, and he's like Give it up. But at the same time, that's a literal repeat of the (laughs) exact thing that just happened five Mm. seconds prior where he's like, Elsa. And she's like, I can nearly get the grail. He's like, give it up. And then he falls in. He's like, what if actually I, um, as a man... I have longer arms. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. as as a man, Elsa was an idiot. And, and she, and like...
0: Girls <laughs> yeah. can't reach. Yeah. I'll, I'll show her how to do it. Um, I, I think that it's really interesting that that, it feels really weird that we have like Indy holding on to Elsa and she can't reach the grail and she falls to her death. And then we have like a couple of shots of crumbling and then Indy's in the same position with Henry over him. And it doesn't feel like the film explains how it got to that position like I, I i don't know if we saw a shot of henry running over to grab indy who was falling in whilst elsa fell in it was almost just like All right. a
1: little bit did but not not enough to yeah, yeah it felt
0: very sudden but i i didn't have as big an issue of, of of having elsa in that position and ultimately the fact is is that she was just after the the glory and that's something that seems to be a common thread throughout these films which is that glory is ruinous I mean, they literally talk about it in Temple of Doom. Um, I just don't know it's necessarily well executed, um, unlike the people who were very well executed. Um, but in in this film, yeah, I, I think I thought it was a an, an appropriate way to sort of finish Elsa's arc because I don't think this film was ever going to let her be redeemed. She was too duplicitous. Yeah. Um, she like you know she she kept switching and she was conflicted and in the end she. She could neither choose wisely or choose poorly because she wasn't making a choice. And I kind of feel like, well, the film's wrapped up in you you're gone now. Like that that's kind of what it felt like from my perspective.
1: Hmm. I liked her as a character though. I thought she was a much better character than the idiot from the last one oh, then,
0: than Willie. To... Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> who I spent most of the pit film wanting to punch. Mm. And she was like I feel like Marion in the first film? Marion in the first film, yeah, yeah. Is like, she's great. We just don't get enough of good stuff for her. Whereas mm. Elsa at least has like an arc. Oh, All she doesn't, uh, not of the cover. Wink, wink. No, not of the cover. <laughs> no, no pun, pun intended.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I hate you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that idea of, she, she has some form of development. Mm. She has some great lines. She has great pants. She has great pants. Those black pants are like, they're, they're not as good as Marion's red pants in the first film, but, like, fine.
0: She is the reverse of Marion in a way, where she starts off in the white dresses and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But then when she gains her independence slash is a villain, is a villain yeah. <laughs> and she starts wearing pants and other great, like, other better costumes, yeah. basically. Um, yes. Her wardrobe improved the more evil she got, which yeah. seems to be a pretty common thing in, in these films. Like, like... Not to go back to Super Mario Bros, but Fiona Shaw's character in the Super Mario yeah. Bros. film. Great outfits. Probably one of the most evil people in the film. Yeah. It, it seems to be a pretty common thing that you yeah. can't you can't be fashionable. Can't have
1: well dressed women who <laughs> yeah. are also good. No, but like I think I think she she feels the most real, mm. I guess. She's got some dimension to her, even though even to the point of making jokes about how the junior and the senior have both crossed swords effectively. Like it's, mm. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. David, I I don't know about you, but I felt a little bit uncomfortable, but it was implied that she had had sexual relations with both of them. Uh, I mean, <laughs> 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 we're not slut shaming. I
2: feel like it's handled in a, in a mm, less than graceful manner. Mm. Like, like she's the butt of the joke. Mm. That she just, you know... But she is, makes the joke. She's really into professors. I guess, yeah. She I
0: don't... mean, and who isn't? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. You know, maybe... I mean,
2: just look at all the the, the uh, rabid women at the start who that's just, just desperately want to f***
0: I... simply because mm. he's the professor. As someone who teaches at a university, I can confirm <laughs> that scene is 100% accurate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm constantly trying to teach and there's just... Don't, no matter who they are, all the students are just clamming for attention. There's someone going, you've got letters on your desk and you still haven't graded your papers. And I'm sitting in my weird office filled with weird random office. shelves and archaeological stuff. Just sitting there going, "Ah, oh, my life.
2: I better jump out a window. Yeah. Back but- off, sexy women. I'm married, I'm married. Look at this, that's, look at it.
0: That's true, yeah. Constantly just showing that ring like a sort of weird warding shield, just like, <laughs> away, away. Um, but, but I do think it's... Yeah, maybe Elsa is only attracted to people named Henry Jones. Maybe that's what it is. Because, that, that, you know, they're both Henry Joneses. So ma- but she
1: doesn't know Indiana... What? <laughs> like she she doesn't know Indiana Jones is is a Henry. In fact, we arguably don't necessarily. But but
0: Henry Senior might have told her. Might have. Because he never calls him Indiana. Because no. you know we name the dog until, Indiana
1: un- until the end. When when he when he does when he's yeah. dangling for his life. Yeah, uh,
0: but. Indiana Jones isn't
2: legally called Indiana Jones, right? Like he didn't, no, by deed he's, poll he's, so he's she, Henry,
1: inverted commas, Indiana
2: Yeah, so she just like looks him up being like Who's the professor at this university? And it's like, oh, it's it's Henry Weird that people keep calling him Indy, but whatever
0: mm. Yeah, I, look And it, she's yeah. like, finally
2: my kink <laughs> My kink can be fulfilled <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yes She's, she found what she liked and she went for it mm-hmm. uh, and v- very much like the grail unfortunately it did lead to a downfall mm. in, in both cases um one thing about this film because because I'm, I'm looking over my notes for the plot and it's just a bunch of places and and dates and like mcguffins uh mm-hmm. you know it's just look at the roman numerals and then go for the the oh there's rats here there's rat Ooh, fish. that's creepy mm-hmm. uh it, it does feel as though there isn't much of a plot and i kind of like that i I think that's arguably a good thing for for what this is which is just rampant escapism
1: yeah i feel like the plot is there like Mm. it's very much we are picking up some information such that we can go and find the grail Mm. and we've got to take dad along because dad's the fanatical grail guy yeah you know our plot hook at the start is we got to go save dad Mm. but there is so many chase sequences and fun physical yeah. effects that I'm like, okay, I'm, but, I'm on board.
0: But I think it's important because I think that this is really a recognition of the importance of style over, mm. over substance for this film series. Because I feel as though that's where Temple of Doom went horribly, horribly wrong. Is they, It's not so much that they were trying to be substantial, it was just that they, they moved away from the style that was established in mm. Raiders... And it 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 just didn't work. And so leaning back hard into sort of like a more carefree yeah. adventure um, in this one, where it's like, oh, we're getting on a Zeppelin. Of course we are. Zeppelins are around at this time. Like, that. It, I, I just found myself enjoying it more because I think they, they sort of figured out what it was that makes an Indiana Jones film work. I should sit down and rewatch
2: the first two as, a, <laughs> as an
0: adult, apparently. Yeah. Well, having, having just done it, I would... I would definitely say Raiders is worth a watch. And to be honest... It might be worth watching Temple just to just to see how not good it is. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's yeah. the one where he like that... reaches in and mm. just grabs the man's heart through yeah. the ribcage and with sets him the... on fire as he's holding it. Yeah, yeah
1: with all the like they don't really and child slavery and mm. stuff. Yeah, they're mm. not
2: they're not big on like fire physics. They're like yeah, fire. Yeah, no, no, fire is mm. a thing. Yeah, petrol. Yeah, it's fine. Hey
0: David, you just said physics. You know what that means. Oh. <laughs> it's time for what the science yes. with Kato sullivan kate uh if we are in a a tomb (laughs) in italy and it's filled with petroleum somehow and there are lots of rats and Mm -hmm. you then hear a man with a fez has just thrown some fire in so you can hear that the 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 oil is on fire and it's coming towards you would turning a grave upside down and sticking your head under in the air pocket protect you
1: look um I'm going to go with no, mm-hmm. under the assumption that one all of the liquid in there is petroleum. Mm. We don't know that. We don't know if it's petrol and water and what it is. Yeah, we're not we're not sure what mixture Mix it is. Yeah. Um, and also like that thing isn't airproof because we see rats coming
0: through the holes. Yeah, because they're trying to escape.
1: Mm, um, and and if something is burning and you've got something floating on top of it you're basically still letting the f- fire doesn't g- give a crap about your little safe haven it's going to try and get in any way that it can mm-hmm. and if you've got a fuel leading in and you've got oxygen in there which is what you're breathing mm-hmm. yeah no no I, I wouldn't do that i also wouldn't have my lit torch underneath there with me
2: either oh. in please general. list the reasons as to why that is a bad idea <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: Combustion <laughs> Let's go with number one. Combustion, which uses up oxygen, mm. which you might want to, I don't know, breathe. Mm. Maybe.
2: <laughs> if if you stumbled upon a dark chamber full of petroleum, would you would, I light a would, giant would, tor- would you light a giant <laughs> torch while also soaked in petroleum? Is that a thing that you no, think look, uh, look honestly is- given
1: the amount of vaporized petroleum probably in the air, no i do not I d I don't I don't know that I'd be doing that. Mm. Um I'd probably, in in the modern day, go for a torch, preferably, like, LED by choice. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, don't really know, don't really care. Probably just wouldn't mm. be giant lit flaming, mm. like, fabric.
0: Okay, that's absolutely because fair. fire is yeah.
1: bad for humans, mm. basically. And also, for any artefacts that you might be seeking to look at.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was just... <laughs>
2: They never resolved the German castle being on fire. Nope. They just kind of... <laughs> they lit it on fire they lit and lit it and then, and then left. And, like, and technically Austrian castle.
1: Okay. We were in Salzburg. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> on the border. Yeah.
2: Look, whatever survives the fire is what ends up in the museum. And everything else... <laughs> Indy just uh, has a good lawyer.
1: It belongs in a museum. Or on fire, so it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Such a
0: good archaeologist. <laughs> yeah. you? Speaking That's... of um, belonging in museums, we first hear that line in the opening sequence of the film with River Phoenix playing uh, Indiana Jones. Indiana. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's a fun five ten minute sequence involving um, fighting on a train and. Snakes and lions. Snakes on a train. Snakes on a train. Why are all these mother-effing snakes <laughs> on my this mother-effing train? Because
1: I'm, I'm at a reptile house for a circus, indie. They're allowed to be here. You're yeah. intruding on their
2: property. Um, David?
0: Yes? Have you ever had a day where your four or five most defining characteristics were all given to you in like a ten-minute period? Because <laughs> that's what this film taught me, is that apparently you can look at your main characteristics and you pick them all up in, like, in one afternoon.
2: Uh, it's, it's, it's intense how much, like, they're crammed in it. Like, they even... He, like, he picks up the whip and that gives him the scar that mm. Harrison Ford has. They're like, we have to justify why he has a face like that. Mm. <laughs> we can't just leave As, it to the imagination. Just, we, can't, we can't let the audience wonder, like, in the 35-whatever amount of years that he's been alive, 40, who knows... Mm. Did anything happen to his face? Yeah, in the twenty six so years between that and the film we're watching. And this is- this is perhaps the precursor to George Lucas being like, What if the Star Wars Extended Universe went over every single facet of everything? Mm. Let's give the man with the ice cream making machine a backstory. He's in the in the background of one shot in Star Wars Episode five. Mm. Let's like there's that story where the droid that malfunctions and, and causes him to buy R2D2. Force sensitive. You know, like, <laughs> this is this is just the beginning. George yeah. Lucas is like, everything, everything needs a motivation. Got a title. Except in there. for why mm. the tomb was in the library. Yeah. We'd, don't no, think no, about no, no, that no. one. We talked <laughs> about that because
1: it used to be a church, and so it just happened to, like, that they built it on top, and but never looked at the foundations of the building. <laughs> Yeah. What? <laughs> and will conveniently put a giant X on the floor mm-hmm. that no one's gonna notice.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Look. Y- so, y- anyway, to answer your to answer <laughs> yes. your question, yes. Um, my arch nemesis was a film director, and that's <laughs> why and that's why I have a film degree. And my story arc just isn't complete yet because I've right. yet to murder him and then take his Ari Alexa.
0: Mm. (laughs) and create a film. Yeah, you've got to fight him on a boat off the coast of (laughs) Portugal and just blow it up.
2: Yeah, and because there's no witnesses, Indy doesn't need a lawyer. Every single scene there has to be violence and he does like to kill Mm. at least a half a dozen people all at once.
0: Maybe it's because of the opening sequence where the the proto-Indiana Jones, the guy who he steals his look from, turns up. Uh, claiming that the, the cross that they found um, is his and the police are like, and he's got five or six witnesses and Indiana goes, always kill the witnesses. That's just, that's just what he's figured out. Leave
1: yeah no man behind. If he
2: had just like got a gun and shot them all in the cave and then walked away with the cross... Mm-hmm wouldn't have this problem. Yeah, but that's not what the Boy Scouts
0: do. You know, he's a Boy Scout of America. They, they don't shoot people. You know, dib, 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 dob, dob, dob. They don't rat-a-tat-tat. That's not how it works.
2: <laughs> no, no, they dob people in to the sheriff, <laughs> yeah. who is corrupt because a cab and, mm. like, oh, ridiculous. That's mm. why you need to kill all the witnesses.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we learnt that. Yeah.
2: If only he had killed the Nazi on the blimp. He, The Nazi couldn't have...
1: Yeah, you can't just, just punch the guy and throw him yeah. out the window. Punch him, shoot him out the window. Exactly. Like, then he wh- was
2: alive to like call ahead and then send the the planes I, after him. If
0: I threw someone out of a zeppelin, I would assume that would be enough to incapacitate them until I got to the end of my trip. Like, no, I. He's a bit unlucky. There were a lot of suitcases under there to break <laughs> that guy's. Fall. Wouldn't
1: you look out the window to I don't know, check? Maybe.
0: <laughs> I think that was very spur of the moment. I think it was literally just. Because he then had that wonderful improvised line of, no ticket. Everyone's like, oh, here's my ticket. Um, you know, that, yeah. I, I don't think Indiana Jones often has a plan. I think that's something that we've <laughs> learned from these three films.
2: He is somewhat like Inspector Gadget, only his only gadget is a whip and sometimes a gun that may or may not have, have bullets, bullets in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at what, at what, okay, at what point did he actually use his own gun? Did he? Because I remember he gets it out and he's like, oh,
0: shit, I don't have bullets. I think during ah. the um during the the horse tank chase but it runs out of bullets eventually. Was that his gun? Uh. Or did he steal that from someone? I feel like that was his gun. Oh, okay.
1: I just don't remember when he checked his gun in the many fights. Like I remember him <laughs> checking his gun, but he <laughs> he, just can't he, I just not remember when he, in the sequence. I think
2: he checks fight. it when the plane is approaching him on the beach. He's like, "Oh, mm. Ah, uh, uh, yes. I was going to just shoot the plane with a revolver out of did the sky." Did we shoot anyone
1: as we left the um Giant the, Salzburg castle?
0: No. No, uh, because they... No, because they, um, they, no, we just burned the whole thing down. Because then they got into the motorbike sidecar and had the chase. Oh, that's right. And I can't remember if he shot anyone. He jousted somebody. He ju- <laughs> he which is pretty great. We had yeah.
1: the, we had the uh, let's stop a motorcycle with a stick. Yeah. Which, <sighs> I mean, <laughs> no, but okay. You were
0: very clear about that not being correct. Look... If you're fast enough.
1: No, no, no. Will it stop the bike? Yes. Will you get a cool, like, exploity thing? No, not unless you whack a bunch of TNT under the back wheel of that bike. Mm. So, like, you, I will 50-50 them on okay. this. Like, okay. I will give them, it would have stopped.
0: Yeah. It just, would not have stopped like that. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't have stopped in such a cool way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fun, though. I, did you have a favourite chase scene from this film? Because we Ooh. do have a lot to choose from. Look, I just... It's the silly. I think it's the silliest
2: one, but mm. the one where he steals the car from the poor like rural Aww. villager, and then the guy in the plane is like clearly diving towards a mountain and is like, "I'm just gonna commit," and then <laughs> and then there's enough and then the the entrance of the tunnel is so small that like the only the like the cockpit barely yeah. fits through, but then it widens so they can have this really funny moment. Like, side by side, (laughs) where the pilot is like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, this was a mistake. (laughs) For the, like, split. He does some
1: really good face acting. Mm. For the, like, small moment he gets, I'm like... That would go, like, the smack front of my, like, reel if that was me. I'd be like, Mm. what I did?
0: Yeah. (laughs) What about yourself, Uh, Kate? Did you have a favourite chase?
1: I think it's probably the motorbike sequence. If only... Because Sean Connery is just having a grand old time in the Mm. sidecar And we get the jousting (laughs) It's like, I'll just pull this out of the ground And then I'll use, oh I broke it Okay well hang on to it just in case Oh well now I'll stick it through someone's Like, Mm. okay, okay and like, then, of course, we get our uh, umbrella moment afterwards, which yes. is, which is yeah. just lovely. Yeah, It's
2: it's just a, a fun challenge for script to sit down and like, how will we kill someone today? Like, yeah. how? oh, we've given an umbrella. How can we?
1: How can I use an umbrella? <laughs>
2: should, he, should he stab him through the eye? No, no, that's too, generic. Should, I, too should, generic. should he
1: stick that through the... No, no we need it for later. No. We need to find something good to do with it. Mm.
2: He wants to keep it. He wants to keep it. He's a
0: gentleman and he keeps mm. his umbrella. Mm. What about you, Stephen? Um, I'm just enjoying this writers meeting. Yeah. I didn't know I was in with these yeah. two, these two people just being like, what if, what if he, hear me out. What if we had done this? Like if a bird flies into a plane, it's a problem. So what if all the birds flew into a plane? <laughs> It'd be a big problem. And I, I love that, that, yeah. like, that idea in that sequence. It was perfect. It was wonderful. Uh, for me, it would be the, the, the horse tank Uh, sequence just because it's it's really quite well shot. That's the thing, is these chase sequences are really very well shot Mm. and I've Thoroughly enjoyed that one. That that sort of like with with all the different things that were happening inside the tank, outside the tank, the trucks of Nazis just turning up. Like this was a later uncharted game. Like it was <laughs> you know just just all these like up. Oh, it's the levels getting harder. Here comes the thing. And the fact that yes, of course, it ends with the tank going off a cliff. Like like that's just it was good, fun, action stuff Mm. you know you had the the crazy guy operating the tank who felt like he was more in like a mad max film than an indiana jones film it was just really fun and you know lots of stuff where it was like i don't know if sticking a rock in the in one of the side turrets would would do that or not but you know what it's fun because then when it exploded it exploded like a like a cartoon shotgun looking like a flower when bugs bunny sticks his fingers in it and (laughs) it blows up Elmer fudd's gun that 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 was lovely and that was fun um I really quite liked the the end of this film in in terms of the the Grail the Grail challenge with the knight being there as well. Um, like with the Ark of the Covenant with the Ghost thing, it was more like, well, that's cool, but it's yeah. also a bit silly. Temple of Doom was just not fun, <laughs> uh, whereas this with the knight there and the fact it's about you know you must make a decision. I really actually re- I just loved how that was that how that was set out. I, I was
1: I was like, Cool, you've done magic things but without it feeling arbitrarily magic things. I'm like, I can legitim like hmm. I can sit here and be like, Yep. Yep. And you can't take it outside. Great. Yep.
0: Yeah. Cool. And yeah, just the whole he chose Poorly. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, just, just really just felt absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. And just really lovely. That yeah, of course Donovan would be Complete idiot, and just go. Oh yeah, Jesus, famously humble guy. Great big gold cup. Oh yeah, that's what that's what he's all about. Melts <sighs> and turns to bones and dust. It was it was yeah. It was a really nice way of doing that, and I mm. I liked the the use of the Grail to save Henry's life and the way they did it with pouring the water on the wound, and yeah, it it worked, and to the point where I even felt that that moment where Henry is holding Indy when he's trying to reach for the grail and tells mm. him to let it go. I was like, that's actually a really nice moment. Like I was sat there going like, oh, I actually care about this relationship. And th- but this is the moment where I realized that where, mm. yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was surprisingly good. And I, I think that's maybe after, particularly after watching the first two of this, I, I, I'm coming away from it going, I think Last Crusade is surprisingly good. Yeah. We even have some bonus uh John Reese Davis turning up and yes. just doing Every, his thing. Everyone's favourite
2: very dark skinned Welsh man mm. that yep.
0: Yeah. Speaking of racism within the I
1: mean, we have him in the first Yeah, you know, we have him in Raiders, we get him back. I'm. I'm not mad that he's back.
0: Yeah. I also feel as though they've really pulled away from trying to pass him off as Egyptian, which yeah. they do in the first film. Like I I feel that the first film is much more oh, we wrote this character as an Egyptian, but John Reese davis is available, so we're just going to sort of blur the line. Whereas in this one, it feels like they've just gone, it's it's just John Rhys-Davis, let's just <laughs> accept that and just have fun with him. And you you can really see why they cast him as Gimli, because he has almost the same arc as Gimli in The Two Towers in this film, where he's like, oh, I've got friends who are very impressive. Oh no, one of them fell off a cliff and now I think they're dead. Oh wait, they're alive. Like, yeah. <laughs> But I've
1: got uh, having just saved their dad on a horse running next to a tank. Yeah. Which
2: like, <laughs> Key difference. <laughs> yeah. Yes, there is. There's lots of like dark makeup. Every a lot of people are mm. you know, orange and and just like dusty and whatnot. So in 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 quite a few shots, you can't actually tell mm. that John Rhys Davis is somewhat in blackface. Yeah. But not black enough to be black blackface. Yeah. So it took a while to be more like oh, hang on a second, mm. wait a minute,
0: that's not right. No, and yeah. it, and it isn't right, um, but, but I, I feel as though, for whatever reason, it feels like... This feels
2: uh, suitable mm. to ser- show to a child, because maybe they won't realise what's happening, whereas, like, if you gave a child uh,
0: breakfast at Tiffany's... And, <laughs> and, and they'd be like Something seems off here Yeah <laughs> why, why was Mickey Rooney insane And why did they let him do that <laughs> Yeah No you're, you're absolutely right
1: I also think the other thing that you kind of get away with With John Ray Davis is And I just checked this He grew up spending time in the north of Africa And in the Middle East as a child mm. So it's not like he's going in Pretending to be someone He's had absolutely nothing to do with ever yeah. He's like oh okay, let me use some reference points I have from my childhood that are legitimate actual people, Yeah. not just being like, I'm going to stereotype the bejesus out of this.
0: I mean, there are stereotypes, though, where it's like he loses his brother-in-law's car because the Nazis blow it up, and he's like, I'll give him five five camels, camels, that'll be fine. David, if I blow up your car that's parked outside right now, and I went, it's okay, here are five camels, would you accept that? Uh, what's the market value of a camel? I don't know. I've got five camels, and you're getting them all, buddy. Like, actually, I don't think camels are worth particularly much in mm. Australia. It might, cause it might be good we... for the
1: tourism industry. Of, uh, uh, I... And with with uh, the furnace having come out this year, the, uh, <laughs> the Australian film about the cameliers could be a no,
2: I'm market. Just, I'm just thinking, because like Australia does have a lot of camels yeah. to the point where like they're a feral pest, and it's really inconvenient mm. for farmers. So I just, I don't feel like I could particularly sell them off to many people. Cause they're like, we could just walk to the desert and mm-hmm.
0: find some. We just. We yeah. Just... But you, you've got them right now. Yeah. That's the thing. And also you don't have to sell them. They're your camels. You could have, instead of your car, you just ride a camel wherever you need you to go. a different
1: camel what's, every day of the week to go to work on. Yeah. What's,
0: what's like the average
2: spend on a camel compared to like a car registration and petrol, you know, what is the I don't the think cost? you have to register a camel. Exactly. You don't have yeah. to register a camel. No but license.
1: you do have to feed a camel. <laughs> you know? Same yeah. as feel. Yeah, but... Is it, though? Very, Depends on how far you go.
2: Yeah. They're very water efficient. Yeah,
1: mm. this is
2: true. Mm. Um. This deal's looking better all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Look, mm. I'm not going to be the happiest about it, but... <laughs> You are giving me something in exchange, yeah, um, uh, yeah. which does have some value. Not yeah. entirely sure of what it is, uh, mm. but I'm sure it has some value. Okay, good to know. Good also to know. Also,
1: 1938, different value, pro- different value argument. True, than, uh, true. Yeah, than it's just nice to know that
0: if I borrow your car and I come back going, "I'm sorry, David," the Nazis blew up your car <laughs> while I was trying to save my dad. Yeah. But here are five camels. No, no, not my
1: dad. My friend's dad. Oh, sorry, my friend's dad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, my friend's dad, who... Uh, there was a whole thing with the Holy Grail, but we won't get into it. I'll that. have so many questions. <laughs> yeah. um, would you guys like some trivia about The Last Crusade? Yes, please. Yes. Okay, all of this trivia is sourced from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. The first bit of trivia. As with the other Indiana Jones movies, Harrison Ford did many of his own stunts. Mm-hmm. According to stuntman Vic Armstrong, who was his stuntman for all three films, he had to pull Ford to one side and ask him to let him do some work because Ford was doing so many of the action scenes himself. Armstrong later said, if he wasn't such a great actor, Harrison Ford would have made a really great stuntman. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah that's good. And we established in the previous film, those guys were pretty close. Like, they've yeah. got a good relationship. And Vic Armstrong looks insanely like Harrison Ford.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'll show you the picture I sent Stephen um, mm. last week because... Uh yeah it's it's quite quite bonkers how much that resemblance is is, uh, is there
0: they they look
2: Do very similar this is this is the best part of the podcast where we spend time searching for a visual reference oh no it's in like the, in i the, know it's in the right silence here. It's just they have
1: to find the right one mm. of the things because
2: viewers at home feel free to also find your copy of um this man's face They are very similar. (laughs) (laughs) Legitimately.
1: And that's uh, a photo of... I think you might might put out from last week. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about it. Um, And it's an autographed picture for Vic Armstrong from Harrison Ford that says, uh, we've got to stop meeting like this. Best to a great stuntman across the
2: bottom. (laughs) Mm.
0: But yeah, Uh, Harrison Ford also nominated River Phoenix to play him as a teenager, having worked with him before uh, on one of his favourite movies, the mosquito coast in 1986 uh when describing how he prepared for playing the role phoenix explained that he didn't really base it on Indy, but based it on harrison ford himself uh, observing ford out of character before acting the part so he was just doing what short round did just copying his movements in the background
1: but also like 100 percent sells it as young indy and i yeah. have no problem with that yeah no, it like, yeah. was very good mm.
0: very good river um 2,000 rats is how this next one starts. They Were they better or worse than the snakes, Okay, Better than the snakes. Okay. Better than the snakes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Did not like the snakes.
0: Yeah, but all the rats writhing on each other, their tails and their feet and their little cute furry butts.
1: I mean, I think the difference is that like, ugh, snakes, but also like watching it just laughing at people's reaction to rats probably is easier than laughing at people's okay. reaction to the
0: snakes. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, 2,000 rats were bred for this production. They had to be bred specifically because ordinary rats would have been riddled with disease. So every rat you saw in this film was bred to be in the film. So these rats only existed. Only existed to be in the last crusade. One of them nearly gets stepped on. Yeah. There's a shot where like
2: I think it's Indy Mm. nearly like puts his foot right down and then Mm. like shifts it as he realizes something's under. Yeah. Um so uh, I'll, uh, the the credits are currently paused if we keep watching, I wonder, I wonder, if there is a bit that says no animals were harmed in the making of this film. I mean, he I'd did, be- he didn't step on it. I'd
0: he didn't. To know Not in that take. Mm. True.
1: <laughs> I'd be interested to know what happened to the rats. After
0: the film? Well, they would have definitely been dead by the time they made Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. So. <laughs> yes. Um I'm Like
1: that—that's that, what I'm like. Cool. Yeah. You read them all, but what are you gonna do now? You've got two
0: thousand rats. I guess but a lot. A lot of crew members got uh, new pets for their kids.
2: You could give them to pet stores, probably. Um, cool. I know that you can do that with certain pet stores because um, uh, we had rabbits. Uh, we had three female rabbits and one male rabbit, and we kept them in separate cages. Until one day he got out and then we got a lot more rabbits and then we were like, hey, local pet store, would you like rabbits?
0: Mm. Um, no, so- but if you've got five camels, we'll take them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder whether they got like donated to a university or something because or- they would have been non-diseased
0: mm-hmm. rats, which would have been yeah. a novelty. for. Yeah. Any- or maybe they fed the snakes with them. That's less pleasant. It's less pleasant. <laughs> But it's more plausible. Mm, true. Most of the uniforms worn by the Nazis in the Berlin book burning scene were authentic World War II uniforms, not replicas. A cachet of old uniforms was found in Germany and obtained by the costume designer Anthony Powell to be used in this movie.
2: Real Nazi... Mem- Wait, it says World War II uniforms. It's just specifically German. It's not like they... No, that means that been they didn't sew so on nope, a patch. They would the patches been, were already there. They would there. have been legitimate yep. Nazi. Um,
1: that makes me less happy about those scenes, knowing <laughs> that. Like,
0: because they did feel very uncomfortable to watch, which is the point. It's a Nazi yes. book burning. But yeah, the the fact that you know some of those uniforms were were real mm. is a bit, huh? Mm. Interesting
2: that we that were using actual, real memorabilia from nazis in the very late 80s Mm.
1: i mean we are talking about it belongs in
2: a museum
1: (laughs) we are talking about before the wall came down yeah if because this this was released in 89 they filmed this before the berlin wall came down i wonder whether they cared at that point like
0: yeah. yeah i mean i get it from a perspective of if you're if You, you have access co- to if, them, like, yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> if you're a costume designer and for a big film, big budget film, and someone says, oh, we found a bunch of these things that you'd have to make otherwise, I could see you going, you know what? Yeah, this this movie is not pro-Nazi. You know what? I could see the costume designer going, you know, what? f*** them. We're going to use their uniforms in this movie where we we murder a load of them, make them look real dumb. So, mm. yeah, let's do that. And Hitler is a stooge. Oh, He's man. A mm. silly... silly just, oh yes, an autograph, of course mm. well, uh, Kate, you're pulling a very interesting face I just,
1: like, I sat there sitting Like, I was watching that scene being like Firstly Images of Hitler exist I'm a real sorry person who's playing Hitler You don't look like Hitler <laughs> I
0: thought pretty much the same like, thing I was, I was like,
1: like, huh yeah. So now we have a an inauthentic autograph By a bad Hitler impersonator <laughs> Like, oh, uh, yeah.
0: He, he really didn't look like no, Hitler. No, he, he didn't, really look didn't. Like If he had, he, it, literally, he had the moustache.
1: And that's why I was like, that's why they must have got him to sign the thing, Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Because it's like, we have to remind you that this is actually supposed to be actual Hitler. Yeah.
0: Um, he was played by Michael Sheard, who was a Scottish actor. Yeah. Uh, born in 1938, actually. So born the okay. year this was set. Um, and yeah, looking at pictures of him from other things he did, maybe later in life, um he was the strict deputy headmaster um in the children's TV series Grange Hill from between nineteen eighty five and nineteen eighty nine. Yeah,
1: he does not look like Hitler. He doesn't look like <laughs>
0: Hitler. But in some of these pictures, I'm like, actually you look a little bit more like Hitler in your non Hitler clothes. <laughs> I, I I can sort of see why they went for him. He's got a he's got a very stern face. This is a photograph of him from, from Grange Hill.
1: Yeah, but the problem is yeah. it's something about young him. He doesn't look like Hitler, like mm. I'm sure you could have found someone. <laughs> I'd feel really bad for that actor who looked more like Hitler. Yeah. Ma- but,
0: I mean, yeah. Maybe if you look like Hitler, you don't want to really advertise that fact. Maybe you're just trying to like you're trying anything. You're mohawks, you know, full beard. Like you're just trying yeah. to steer away from anything. You know, hair dye. yeah Yeah. big fun pair of glasses like you're just trying to move away from that
2: never raise your hand above your head
0: yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) when the teacher's (laughs) like (laughs) is there any questions
2: it's like i don't understand anything but Mm. i'm not gonna raise my hand yeah i'll come up and ask
1: you after class because i'm not doing it now in front of everyone (laughs) Mm.
0: for the scene at the nazi rally in berlin where indiana confronts elsa and steals back the diary Steven Spielberg had all of the extras who did the Nazi salute simultaneously, put their other arm behind their backs and crossed their fingers, which I think is kind of a nice touch. Yeah. Again, because you, you don't want it to be too real.
1: Like, we would like, we do not want to do the Nazi salute in authentic Nazi yeah. uniforms. Yeah. So we're just going to do the, like, it's not real, we're crossing our fingers behind our back.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Connery and Harrison Ford were not wearing trousers during the shooting of the Zeppelin sequence. It was a very hot studio and Connery didn't want to sweat too much. He's quite a, or was quite a sweaty dude, um, which was a pretty common problem across a lot of his films, um, particularly as James Bond. So in that scene where they're having that conversation at the table and they're talking about, you want to talk, talk to me now, like that kind of thing, neither of them are wearing pants. Wait,
2: you said that Sean Connery is a sweaty dude Yeah Harrison Harrison Ford Ford is also a sweaty dude I think think Harrison Ford The way you phrased that is like Sean Connery had had a problem with the heat And then (laughs) Harrison Ford was like Oh well, if, you know (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if we don't have to wear pants
1: (laughs) Why
0: not? He's just joining in out of solidarity
1: I mean, yeah, it just brings to mind Like every TV anchor ever Who doesn't have to be seen above the
2: waist (laughs) Mm. That's like Moff Tarkin wearing slippers Yeah Mm
0: absolutely Spielberg is on the record as saying he made this movie for two reasons one to fulfil a three movie obligation he'd made to George Lucas and two to return for the criticism he'd received for Temple of Doom <laughs> Good Mm. and his pact has finally
2: been fulfilled. Mm. And with this podcast and our positive praise, finally, Steven
0: Spielberg finally, after all these years,
1: you get some points back. Yeah,
0: Yeah. after all these years, I can finally rest. And he puts his sword down and then makes you pick a cup. He's (laughs) Tom Stoppard was paid $120,000 to rewrite dialogue specifically for lines between uh, Henry and Indiana. After this movie's release and subsequent success, Stoppard was paid an additional $1 million as a bonus. In The Last Crusade and Oral History, an article published in Empire magazine in 2006, Spielberg said about the junior and senior conversations, quote, It was an emotional story, but I didn't want to get sentimental. Their disconnection from each other was the basis for a lot of comedy, and it gave Tom Stoppard, who was uncredited, a lot to write. Tom is pretty much responsible for every line of dialogue, end quote.
1: He writes good dialogue for those two. Yeah. That's less some like solid some solid back and hmm. forth right there.
0: That's a lot to be uncredited for. Yeah, but he got more than a million dollars. Like I'd take not having my name on it for for a I significant too, amount yeah. of money. I could buy yeah. so many camels. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I love Tom Stoppard's work in general. Mm. I think and I can see like you having said that I'm like that feels accurate because he did um, Arcadia. Mm. Which is uh, Play that I happen to know is being produced at the moment in Perth. But, it certainly is. um But that is like he's just he does good dialogue, especially mm. that sort of witty banter between people of different generations. Yeah, he writes really well.
0: And I do have to say, I think this is maybe one of my favourite things I've seen Sean Connery in. Mm. Like, like his his acting as as this very sort of flustered, doddery father man figure is is actually quite good. I wasn't yeah. expecting him to take the character that way, and I I did enjoy it. Yeah. Even with the scenery showing. I think it actually helped.
1: Yeah, I think it 100% <laughs> helped. I think it, it, it brought that levity that we needed
2: mm. in this film. It's quite fun. Mm. Um, I've just been Googling how much a camel costs. Um, in the UK, apparently a lot more than it costs in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, according to, to Google, it's $500 to $3,500. So on the lower end, but you can... ca- a l- camel is not worth my car. But on the higher end, mm. five camels... I can make a profit. Mm.
0: So so if I got you like four pretty good camels and one that's got a bit of a gimpy leg or something <laughs> or like you know a hump that keeps leaking, I don't know what a, what a faulty camel looks like, but would that be would would that be acceptable then? If if I could find an
2: appropriate uh, camel dealer yeah. who who didn't take too much of a cut yeah. off my sweet precious camels. Yeah. I could uh, afford a
0: a new car. Hi, I'm John Hughes. Welcome to John Hughes' Camel Emporium. (laughs) The temple at the end of the movie exists, but it is not in Alexandretta. It is in Petra, Jordan. However, there's no way inside to it. There is no inside. Uh, The doorway seen on screen is huge. Uh, Eight or nine people, shoulder to shoulder, can easily walk through it. And I want to know how they tested that, but... (laughs) <laughs> yes yeah, so you can get eight or nine people going through at the same time it leads to a huge empty square room carved from the top down over two stories high similarly they wouldn't be able to get lost down in the valley as it stretches for about a mile or so and there is no other route uh, out so it's very easy to to get in or out yeah. um Spielberg and his crew were guests at the Royal Palace of King Hussein and Queen Noor during the shoot in Jordan, and Spielberg was even brought to the temple by Queen Noor and her children. That's lovely. oh Yeah. So they got to hang out. That's, that's kind of nice. Sean Connery plays Indiana Jones's father as an inside joke that James Bond is the father of Indiana Jones, um, because when they were... Not, not literally, I should point out... Um, <laughs> Spielberg and Lucas both spoke about they wanted to make the American James Bond when they made the Indiana Jones film, Which, if
1: you look at the start of the second film, is very clear. Yeah. They have Indiana Jones in a white
0: tux. So that's why they (laughs) offered it to Sean Connery. Because they were like, he's he's the original James Bond. We should get him in. They did have two other actors in mind, non-James Bond actors, had they not been able to get um, Sean. Gregory Peck was one of them. Ooh. Who I actually think would suit... The, the, the academic indie father figure a bit more.
1: Yeah, I don't know that we'd have as, as much fun. No. But I think it would work.
0: The other actor, and I would have loved to have seen this, is John Pertwee, the third <gasps> oh, Doctor. Oh my goodness. Who would have just been oh, karate chopping Nazis the whole film.
1: <laughs> my only problem is I don't know that he looks enough like Harrison Ford for me to believably be like, yep, you're dead.
0: I reckon they could have made it work. I reckon... I reckon they could have done it. Just the idea of just, yeah, just John Pertwee yeah. in, in a big film like this and just being like, "Hang on a second, yeah," would have just been wonderful. Yeah. Uh, oh dear. When it came to filming the rat scene, the producers inquired of their insurer, Fireman's Fund, whether they were insured if the animals were for some reason indisposed due to illness and accident, or simply refused to perform. This was a delicate issue, as one lost day of filming can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm. Yet the experts at Fireman's Fund were able to reach a compromise which pleased both sides. They asked Spielberg what would be the least number of rats needed for a dramatic shot. If different camera angles were used, 1,000 rats would probably be sufficient, was the answer. Thus... Fireman's Fund underwrote the world's first insurance policy with a 1,000 rat deductible. 1,000 mechanical rats were also used in the scene. To help achieve the sound of thousands of rats, sound designer Ben Burtt used the higher register of thousands of chickens. He
2: had access to 2,000 rats.
0: Yeah.
2: Why, why, why didn't you he just doubles? record
0: the rats? Well, the yes. thing about rats, right, they don't sound like rats. <laughs> what you need is a chicken, but, but in a higher register. Uh. See, it's it's sound design. Like the they only had
2: the the budget to have the rats on set for a certain amount of time, and that and 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 the divas that they are just didn't want to stick around for the ADR. No, um, no, they got like, eaten get by the my, snakes. Get, yeah, get
0: my get my stunk, stunt
2: stunt chicken. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, Vic Armstrong and a thousand stunt rats came in and did the did the rest of it. So. All that being said, all that remains is to score the film. And Kate, you get to go first because it was your first time watching Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. What would you give it out of 10?
1: See, I'm trying to work out in my head whether I think it is better than Raiders because I gave Raiders 7 out of 10. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a more fun film, but I don't know whether I think it's a better film. Mm. But I think I would watch it again more happily. Mm. So I think I will give this... Eight eight stamps in a book that sound like the breaking of the floor mm. <laughs> out of ten.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Uh,
2: what about yourself, David? Um, gosh, I feel like I rate nearly everything on this show seven out of ten. Mm. Do I? I? I couldn't tell
0: you right now. I could but look- you've written them all down and you can find the statistical yeah, analysis, I can go to the database. I can find out what your average score for a film it's is. It's probably seven out of ten. Okay. Um, Are we honouring that tradition here? I just, uh, it's
2: it's gonna be like a seven or eight. I'm also now really curious. I feel like there's one film that I've that I was like, nah, it's comfortably below a seven. I can't remember what it is. Probably Greece. Probably Greece. Uh, that was a weird film. Um, <laughs> oh, seven or eight. Is is the question really? Um, I mean, you
1: could go seven and a half. You could split the difference. See,
2: that's <laughs> see. We're already doing it out of ten. So what's the what's the minutia out of this? Um, I don't know. Let's look. Let's just give it eight out of
0: uh, ten. Screeching, uh, stunt chickens <laughs> pretending <laughs> to be rats. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I I enjoyed this, but I think I enjoyed it pretty much as much as Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think it's probably a it's a slightly better film um kind of like it's <laughs> i feel like raiders does some things really well that this film doesn't i feel like this film does some things really well that that uh raiders did not i i i think raiders had more of a more of a story that i cared about and i think indy as a character was a bit more interesting in that film than he was in this film but you get uh, Sean Connery, and he's great, and you know Henry Jones Senior is great. There's, there's there's good things there. So for me, it's about on a par. So I'm going to give it uh, seven car replacement camels out of ten, <laughs> um, and you know that's that's two bonus camels. But mm, that I'm just throwing three. That could potentially be seven thousand dollars worth of camels, well, in Australia. What can I say? I'm a I'm a generous, you're a very generous camel, man, very generous, a generous camel <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that brings us to the end of the Indiana Jones trilogy. There Dun, are da, no da, other da. films to review. Absolutely none. Uh, uh, though there might be a fifth one coming out. Wait, a fifth one, but
2: there wasn't a fourth? That's the secret of Indiana Jones. He's very mystical. Um, there <laughs> this, could be. It's like it's like
1: Star Wars, where the number of the film does not yeah, correspond yeah. to the order in which it was released. Okay, yeah. okay. there could
2: be another one in twenty twenty two, but like,
0: who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Um, Kate, this is this brings us to the end of the Indiana Jones trilogy. Yep. Um, what are your overall thoughts on on the series?
1: I think, I think I have realized how much it. A tri- in a trilogy setting it is important that all of the films have the same feeling which is not something I think I'd ever thought about in terms of a trilogy because often we think of like Star Wars where they all kind of feel the same or mm. things that have been broken down into three like The Lord of the Rings for yeah. example yeah. Um. but I really enjoyed two out of the three Indiana Jones films mm. and I was warned that the second one was not good yeah. <laughs> so I think I come out being like, cool, I now have a bunch of reference points mm. and they all make sense to me now. And I
0: you know. and two films you might re-watch.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One film I would recommend, if someone wants to watch Indiana Jones, I'd probably, yeah, depending on what kind of film they were looking for, I'd send mm. them to Raiders or Crusade. I If someone asked about Temple of the Doom, I'd be like, mm, look, just be prepared for these things that mm. you need to know about.
0: And if, if for some reason we find the le- the legendary lost fourth Indiana yeah. Jones film, the Kingdom of the crystal skull according to these now yeah yeah Yeah, i think dan Aykroyd's trying to sell uh vodka and a skull in that film or something Mm. i don't know but if if we do find it and we decide to do it on this program at a later date would you like to come back
1: sure i haven't seen that one either so i may as well continue to fill in my indiana jones
0: knowledge excellent well that brings us to the end of this episode so kate and david thank you so much for joining me on um, the last crusade thank you thank
1: you for having me for all three
0: and for those of you listening at home, thank you very much for listening in. This episode, and indeed the previous two, were selected in part by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash CCUC Podcast. You can go up there, join and become a member. There's bonus goodies. The little bits we cut out the episodes, usually for time or relevance, but they're still worth a listen. So you can get bonus features like that. You get first access to a couple of other things here and there. Just look for it there. You can get all of it for as little as as a dollar a month, we are also on Facebook. You can find the Cinema Catch Up Club there. Uh, just search for the Cinema Catch Up Club on Facebook. Likers, pokers. I think that's still a thing you can do on Facebook. It is a thing, but they've
2: buried it. Mm. So you have to go into your like your settings and find it. Mm. And
0: there's like there's a there's a little labyrinth to find your pokes. No, no, no. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. there. It's still there. Tell you what, first person to pokers. <laughs> on facebook we will we will honor that somehow we will figure out some cool way to honor that on the program maybe we'll let you pick a film if you're the first person to poke the cinema catch-up club page then then we'll we'll try and get in touch with you and figure that out so pokers over at cinema catch-up club on facebook and of course we can be subscribed to uh, itunes spotify soundcloud all of those things uh, are available to subscribe. New episodes each and every week. But that's all for this week. So until next time, you have chosen...
1: wisely.
0: Aw. <laughs> we did it you wrong. You've chosen the museum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. Let it go, Windy.
1: Let it go, let it go.
0: Do you, what? do you think that's where they got the name of Elsa from the Frozen film? Do you think they watched this and they're just like, okay, we're watching Last Crusade. Uh, we need a name for this ice princess. I'm trying to watch Last Crusade. Let it go, Elsa. Yeah, let it go. I'll write that down. That feels like we'll use it somewhere. <laughs> the
2: now you understand the true scope. <laughs> Uh, of the pop culture pop influence
0: of the Indiana Jones movies, I do. I'd
1: never seen it before, and yet
0: it's 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 infiltrated more than you realize. Mm. In Crystal Skull, there is a magic snowman who helps Indiana <laughs> out as he uh, I mean, we goes are, on we had the adventures. knock on the
1: bedroom. Elsa, <laughs> do you want to build a snowman?
2: Mm. <laughs> does 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 Disney own Indiana Jones now? Yeah, I think so. It's on Disney. Is it on Disney Plus? I be- I believe. Um, wait. Who made this? Fox? No, Paramount wasn't
0: it? It was Paramount. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Disney doesn't own Paramount. Mm.
1: Well, oh, they, yeah. will doesn't... Wa- they will.
0: one day. Let's face it.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, does Disney? Well, own it was. Disney? It was
1: made by Lucasfilm, so.
2: Oh, oh no, because Lucasfilm. That's Cause what. Lucasfilm. Yeah, yeah. Disney owns
0: Indiana Jones and has since 2012. There we go. So that means <laughs> that. And Frozen was released 2013. in 2013. There we go. There we are. It's, We've it's done all. It. Frozen <laughs> is the lost Indiana Jones film. It's actually called uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Ice. Well, that's what a- the
1: Crystal Skull is. It's it's an ice palace. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's all coming together. We're connecting the dots. Seven three X. <laughs> 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 Olaf is the son of
0: Indy. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Frozen Heart.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, look, now we need to find out if there's any frozen
0: slash Indiana Jones fan fictions. I mean, it does it does lead for a possible musical Indiana Jones. Oh no! Film. Oh no! When they walk in and the the knight is there waiting for them, he just turns to them and is like. Finally, somebody is visiting me. For the first time in forever. <laughs> oh, man. I
2: think I have found some Frozen and Indiana Jones oh,
0: crossover. Oh, no? You think we'll be Actually, able to use that I... temple again? It's a bit of a fixer-upper. Yes, okay. Indiana Jones and the Mirror
2: of the Snow Queen. Early 1940, the fate of the free world sits on the edge as Indiana Jones races the Nazis to acquire pieces of an ancient magical mirror that has the power to control men's, and, men's hearts and minds. Teamed with a Norwegian treasure hunter and a mysterious red-headed young woman, can Dr. Jones beat the heart-freezing power of the Snow Queen's mirror? How, how long is this story? 11,000
0: words. Okay, <laughs> this, is, this is what it is. Okay, because I, I don't know where this specific audio oh, clip no. is going to be. It might be at the end of the episode after the credits. Okay. Not sure. If ten of you poke us, we will do a dramatic reading of this at a later date. Yeah. We will, we will perform. What was it? Indiana Jones and the... Mirror of the Snow Queen. We, we, will, we will perform yeah. Indiana Jones and the Mirror of the Snow yeah. Queen if, if ten of you poke us. All right? That's, that's the deal.
2: Why would you say this?
1: Bye, guys. (laughs)